Hello, and welcome back to Death and Dying in Denver. I'm your alliterative host, Desiree Celeste. Um, I don't know. I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm anxious about this episode. Mostly because I was really excited about this episode three weeks ago when I had originally like did the outline because I was so excited about like, here's some cool new things that's happening. I'm really excited about it. And then I didn't cut the episode because my cat got sick. And it was during that time of my cat being sick that then I had the time to actually think about these cool new opportunities that had come my way. And then I got myself super anxious about them. My therapist and I had a great conversation about it yesterday, about how anxious I became and why, and how the fact that I'm anxious about potentially, like I, I am essentially speaking on behalf of queer people and behalf and on behalf of death workers. Um. And I'm so concerned about doing something wrong and hurting someone and not representing everyone correctly. And the fact that I'm so concerned about this um, makes me a better candidate to talk about these subjects, is what my therapist said. And I am prone to believe her because I am so concerned with doing right by everyone <laughs> that I tend to take the safest possible route in all of these situations. So, um... Let me be specific. I'm anxious just talking about it. <laughs> so at the beginning of February, a journalist from Outfront magazine contacted me and wanted to have a chat about death work and queer death work and what death work is and what are death doulas slash midwives slash companions slash workers slash end of life non-medical care people um like what is it what do they do and what are the challenges that i'm seeing specifically facing queer people and trans people at the end of life and this is an opportunity that i had created a goal for for next spring <laughs> so i in my heart had been like i want to be an outfront magazine next spring Next spring, I'm going to find a way. And I was like, so excited. And I, I followed them on Instagram. And then the next morning, they were interacting. I woke up to them interacting with a couple of my posts. And then by two hours later, they were in, or a, a journalist from there was in my inbox requesting a discussion about queer death work. And two days later, I was having an hour-long conversation with her, and um, it was fantastic. It's, it's literally, it's been a dream of mine to be able to be somehow part of Outfront magazine. I don't know, it's been my whole life. I've been seeing it everywhere, and I was so excited about it, and then I freaked out because... It's a huge opportunity, and I feel like I'm speaking on behalf of death workers, and I've only been, um, been in education for five weeks at that point. And it, I don't know, it, it like, 
hit me right in the um, imposter syndrome. Just, yeah, totally hit me in the imposter syndrome. And not long after that, I had other death workers that I think are really cool and that I look up to and that inspire me, reaching out to me about like alternative death care and being on a resource list and doing a little bit of peer coaching. And then I had a couple people ask me about if I was going to be offering a course on like how to speak to trans people in the most respectful way possible. And I was like, this is amazing. What cool opportunities to have so soon into my death work education. And then um, my cat got sick. And then I had a moment of relaxation time where I just melted down. And I was like, so afraid of doing wrong by the communities that I'm in. So I'm, I'm in the queer community. We're underrepresented. We are very abused. And I'm so concerned about misrepresenting any queer person at all, any individual, or hurting any queer person. And then in the death worker realm, there's still so much I need to learn. Like, I am still so fresh to this, this realm, and to have to, like, have that opportunity to speak about death work so early and all of it. I'm like, I really hope I'm representing all of the death workers well. Can you hear the anxiety (laughs) in my voice? Um, This is now like the sixth time that I've tried to record this episode. And I just keep on crying through through it and stuttering. (laughs) So uh, a lot of really cool opportunities that um, they are... They are suited to me because I choose to put myself out there. I choose to speak openly about these topics. I, I speak about these topics in ways that make people feel safe and comfortable coming to me and asking me questions. And I create these opportunities by being exactly who I am. And then when those opportunities arise, I freak out that I'm not enough. <laughs> and... Um, isn't that just such a human condition? Isn't that so many people who are out there? And then in my therapy session yesterday, she and I talked about a lot of things having to do with this, but it brings to mind, me talking about this brings to mind specifically all the times in this past year where my therapist and I have talked about the people that I look up to the most that I want to cry just thinking about. And it's Rain Dove and Jenea Khan. <laughs> and these two individuals have inspired me so deeply in the amount of conversations that my therapist and I have had about how they, because they are having to speak on behalf of a lot of people, they're inviting people into these conversations to open hearts and minds. And because of that, And because they're doing this for other people, they're holding the weight of that responsibility on their shoulders. And that if they let that weight of responsibility paralyze them in the way that it 
that just the concept of that responsibility paralyzed me in the last couple of weeks. I wouldn't have had the chance to learn and grow from Rain Dove and Jenea Khan as I have. I wouldn't have been able to be inspired by them and mobilized by them, educated by them. And so when my, when my therapist is saying, I believe in you, and you were, you were born to be able to speak about your experiences, and that you have the capability to speak about your experiences in ways that make people feel safe listening and learning from them. And I think about how I associate that with these people that I look up to so much, and if they let that fear stop them, I wouldn't be who I am right now. I wouldn't be this person that I like and love so much that, yes, I still experience anxiety and fear. And yes, sometimes that anxiety and fear makes me not sleep or not have good um, meal patterns for a couple weeks and that I feel just so lost. And they probably feel all those same things. And I've been able to have some interaction with Rain Dove and Rain Dove was able to tell me individually, like directly to me, that they had a lot of the same struggles that I have had and that they still continue to struggle in ways that I continue to struggle with right now. And like, that's so inspirational. And so I really do hope that, um, like, <laughs> I think I said it on here before where it's just like, I feel the fear and then I just do it anyway. And like, uh, I'm just so overwrought with anxiety in every aspect of my life that every single thing that I do is a win. Like rolling out of bed is like an automatic win. <laughs> like taking a shower is a win because literally everything causes me so much anxiety and yet I do it anyway. And like this is another one of those things where it's like this, all of this interaction the concept of educating other people in order to make the change that I myself cannot do alone. Um, I have to feel that fear and then I have to do it anyway. And that, my, my first reaction is that sucks because it does, but also that's empowering after my conversation with my therapist yesterday about like responsibility and the fact that I am so cautious and fearful of it means that I'm taking this seriously and I'm less apt to hurt, to hurt my communities, you know, because I'm very mindful of this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know what this year is going to hold because we're not even done with February and I feel like a lot has happened, but yet so much more year and stuff to come. I don't know what I just said. Anyway, I'm very tired. I have not been sleeping well. I have not been eating well. I have not been taking care of myself. Um, and I struggle with that all the time. Like all, all the time. When I'm good, you know, I'm still struggling. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Oh, oh, wait. Oh, so uh, my therapist yesterday uh, suggested that I do a strengths quiz. And it, she didn't say it was a quiz. I can't remember what she said. It was like signature strengths and character and all of that. And based off of that, we can kind of figure out like how, how 
to get me to move through, like play on my strengths to move through my weaknesses a little bit better. So that way I stopped getting paralyzed with fear. And like, I thought it was funny because like my top five, my number one is humor. Just humor. I make jokes. Just all the time. I, I live my life through humor. No matter how bad it gets, I'm going to be funny about it. And then my next one is creativity, which here we are. So creative. Uh, my third one is bravery, which I agree. I'm pretty brave. Four is perspective, uh, a.k.a. wisdom is what they've put on here. And then my fifth one is leadership and justice. Um, so that's kind of cool. So like humor, creativity, bravery, perspective, and leadership. And I'm like, those are all things I feel really good about being my top five. Now I just got to figure out how to make those work for me. (laughs) I'm so curious in two weeks when I have my next therapy appointment, I'm curious where we're going to go with that. Um, I also... I had a friend build me a a, like a one page landing page for my death related information and (laughs) and he did a great job Uh, and I'm looking at it and now I'm looking at other people's landing pages or websites and I'm just like I gotta (laughs) I gotta work on this I gotta flesh it out more. So, like, other people's landing pages and websites are so freaking cool. And I put so much pressure on myself to be, like, 100% functioning before I can feel good about it. And it's such a bad habit. But I keep on thinking about, like, oh, I want to go do this really cool website. And I want to be able to have, like, uh, resource lists and do this and that. And then I'm like, do people actually want that I don't know what people want I don't know I like that's my thing is I I don't know who I'm going to be marketing to I would like to be able to do education on like a bigger level because I feel like that's going to be way more impactful um I could help like queer people directly by sitting bedside, but there's only so many people I can help if that's the only thing that I do. So I do want to be able to branch out and and do like peer education for people who are in the deaf industry. Um, If I can make some really inclusive courses um, that I could get healthcare workers onto, that would be a dream, sweetheart. Like if I could get like CNAs, and chaplains, and, like, just doctors, hospice workers, everyone, to, like, (laughs) just ask people's pronouns, and not say preferred pronouns, because it's not a preference. It's not like, uh, here's my, my list of five different options of pronouns, but my preferred one is this this one at the top of the list. It's like, no, it's, this is my pronouns. There's no other options. There's no preference. There's no other ones. And, uh, to be able to put like, like separate gender from sex on forms, because like, if you're in a medical realm, if you're in the hospital, if you're in hospice, like 
they might need to know like what you're working with down there in order to better take care of you medically. But that's not your gender. Like sex and gender are two different things and sometimes they align and sometimes they don't. And I would just love but love intake forms to all be able to like ad, like accurately portray sex versus gender to ask pronouns. Like I would love that. I would love to be able to help people on a bigger scale than I could do one-on-one. And for that to happen, I gotta, I gotta really, (laughs) I gotta feel a little bit more secure in myself, in my role here. I don't know. What am I even talking about? Who even am I? Why am I here? Also, I really just, so I used to do this other podcast called Stoned and Spooked. It's, I don't know when you're listening to this or even if, are you listening? Um, But Stoned and Spooked, I used to do this podcast where I would get stoned and talk about horror movies. And I just rewatched the the mummy movie two nights ago, and I can't get past how mad at the plot line that I am and how upset about it that I am. And I can't stop like just tormenting my partner about it. And so I would love to just do like one more episode of that. Just one more, (laughs) just to do the mummy movie because I'm just mad about things. This has nothing to do with any other topics at hand. But also, like, you're probably here. Oh, sorry. I hit the mic. You're probably here because you like me as a person, not so much the content. Because let's, let's get real. This episode, these last four episodes, it's, it's not juicy content. It's really just my personality. So it's probably always going to be that way. <laughs> All right. Still got to figure out how to end these things. Love you. Have a good day. Don't forget your lunch.